Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. get down with the musicals taught me everything I know. Welcome to another episode, <laughs> listeners. I'm your host today, Kristen Barros, and I am being joined by Miranda Selwood, Julie Eisentrager, and another awesome guest. Sorry, Julie, I just talked over your own introduction. This is Julie Eisentrager, and we are being <laughs> joined by the wonderful, lovely, beautiful Dana Casal. Hello. Hello. Hi, Dana. Welcome to the table. Thank you. What show are we going to be talking about well, today? Well, we're talking about a show that's pretty fun, pretty funny, and it's called the Spamalot. Amazing. It's a fun one. We're going to do a fun one today. But before we get into it, we do have a getting to know you quiz, Dani. Are you ready? think so. Miranda, before I start, yeah. can you do the musical interlude? <gasps> yes. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. That's beautiful. That's Extended so version. I, you I, I love it. I love it. That's because it. she knows I'm her biggest Let's fan. Let's go back to the short one next week. <laughs> Ladies Let's do it. That's the song you hear before you get murdered. <laughs> Miranda. Alrighty, Donnie. Mm-hmm. First question, are you ready? <laughs> yes. Which musical character would other people compare you to? Hmm. I think there might be a little bit of um, Maria. Yes. <laughs> From classic, the Sound of Music. Classic Sound of yes. Music. Yes. I kind of hope that there's a little bit of the feisty independence of an Elwood's in there. Very nice. Mm. Well, then, which musical character would you like other people to compare you to? I guess I already said that. Whoops. That's okay. Um, Elle Woods. Yeah, yeah. That kind of go out there and get it and get stuff done kind of girl. Dress in pink and look fabulous. That's correct. While you get stuff done. <laughs> and dance and sing a lot. And now, just generally be more intelligent than people assume you are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Snaps for Dani. Um, now, what is your dream role, Dani? I was trying to think about this before and... I always had Dot slash Marie from Sunday in the Park with George on my list. Yes. And I've done it. And so now Amazing. I'm not quite sure. Well, it can still be your dream role. It can still be your dream You can role. dream to do it again. I can again. dream to do it again. again. And again. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty special role and it's pretty, it's one of my first sometimes that I fell in love with. So that's why 
I love it so much, plus Bernadette Peters goal. Right. Oh, yes. All right, yes. then. So is that your favourite Sondheim show or is there another one? No, I think that's my favourite. Yeah. Yeah, because I love, I love the story, I love the book Sunday. and I love the emotions. That's not the right song. <laughs> oh, no, okay, sorry. Um. That almost sounded like someday when we are wiser, Ooh. when the Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, no, wrong song. Oh, is that not Sunday in the Poke with Hunchback George? <laughs> So what is your go-to shower song? (laughs) Is it one of those that we are (laughs) betraying? It tends to be whatever I'm working on with my singing students. Amazing. Um, And the one that's going around uh, my head and my boyfriend's head all the time is good old, um, well, not good old, it's brand new, fresh off Broadway from Anastasia. In my dreams, shadows call, something like that. There's a light at the end of the hall. And it's like super pretty and yeah. repetitive and sticks in your brain a lot. I believe you. <laughs> and I'm sure I it believe sounds you. great with the tile resonance right. of the shower. Yes. yes, and the steam. Oh, it's very ambient. atmospheric. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. good. You need to brace yourself. This is the controversial question. Oh, gosh, okay. You have to delete one musical from existence. Which one is it? This is so tough. Just pick one. Just pick one that you it's don't okay. like. It's okay. Nobody will judge. Well, some people may judge your choice, but <laughs> there are no wrong answers. Are you sure? I'm so what sure. What if the composers are listening to this? <laughs> then we apologise in advance. <laughs> Pick one where the composers are dead and then that's not a problem. <laughs> mm. We can edit out the you giant can, pause. Yeah. You can edit out the giant pause because Danica genuinely doesn't know. I don't think I could do it. That's that's what I you're just I think so my lightly. Hang on, no, no. She doesn't get off that lightly. Okay. You answer every question. What? Just pick one. <sighs> you know there's Is one Is there you one that want. you just... It's uh, Maybe not from existence then. One that you just Annoying. don't want to see ever again. Ever done, ever, ever again. Oh... There was. <laughs> it just happened. It, just yeah. happened. <laughs> it was in her eyes. She was like, I know Can one, I but I don't it? want to say it. And because- it, I don't know that it's actually any reflection of the show itself, but there's only ever been one show that I've walked out of at intermission, mm-hmm. and that was a community theatre production of Showboat. <laughs> okay. And it was dreadful, and I don't think anybody needs to witness that ever again. <laughs> But it could it, the show could be lovely. I don't know because or I think the show oh. might have had its day. Probably. Yeah, and that's I the other thing. We don't need. Mm, yeah, it's just too Showboat. risky. Yeah. All right. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for answering all of our questions. You're very welcome. Um, I'm gonna leave you to this musical interlude, and then we'll give you some news. I have no musical interlude for that one. No, it was good. Was I that that's it. okay. Yeah. There's no like. That was much better than I ever do it. Okay, that one was good. Okay, all right. We'll work on that. Still, we haven't got it yet. We'll get it happening. The only thing that I really know of for this week is that Mean Girls is in the next step closer to getting on Broadway. Oh, that's so fetch. 
That's so <laughs> fetch. Stop trying to make Tina Fey is actually writing it. Yes, right? yes. So cool. It's going to be brilliant. Yeah. Awesome. I'm so excited. I remember uh, watching, uh, we were in the Idea of North concert and I was with my friend Kimmy and we were both like, let's write Mean Girls the Musical and then we just decided that that wasn't going to be a great idea and now it's happening and we're kicking ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, no offence to you at all, but... Tina I really want to see Tina write it. I hope she puts herself in. She gives yeah. herself a cameo as like the same, teacher or something. Me too. The same role. Yeah, she plays the same role. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Yeah, Let's go for it. Do it. Does anybody else have any news from the Broadway? Well, my mm. my favorite in the world, Bet. Yes, is leaving Hello Dolly. She yeah has already. But don't left. be too sad. Bernadette Peters has taken over. Oh. I Amazing. guess Bernadette Peters can replace two, I think they're completely be very, different. Very so different just, dollies, yeah. but a power to them. Right. They'd both be great. I don't but know I just who I'd want to see more. I was my bet. I didn't, I didn't get – I should have got on a plane immediately. Immediately. Can we get on a plane right now? Uh, we've got a podcast to do, but maybe after the okay, podcast. Maybe after. Okay, mm. I can make that happen. <laughs> also, let's just say uh, shout out to Bet and Bernie for being the aspiration for still performing in yeah. our seventies plus. Oh my god, yes! Mm-hmm. And look, they Amazing. just they look so young and they healthy and fit. They look better than I do now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, guaranteed. <laughs> But I didn't, I didn't mean to say yes so affirmatively. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do, Julie. That's fine. I, I was more agreeing with your point that they look good. Like, not that you. Either of digging. them in lycra versus me in lycra, <laughs> they're winning <laughs> by a long shot. Does anybody well, else have any Broadway news, or are you going to keep uh, giving our listeners some very visual? <laughs> I want to spend more time talking about Julie and Lycra, but, <laughs> but let's talk about Spamalot instead. Move on to Spamalot, <laughs> I guess. Let's get into Spamalot. Julie, history of the show. One, two, three, go. Okay. I'm going to start with what is actually the reaction of Monty Python members. Okay. Terry Gillum, in an audio interview, describes it as Python light. He later told BBC News, it helps with the pension fund and it helps keep Python alive. As much as we'd like to pull the plug on the whole thing, it carries on. It's got a life of its own. Yikes. Whoa. He loved it. Awkward. Terry Jones, who co-directed the original film with Gillum, expressed his opinions forthrightly. In May 2005, Spamalot is utterly pointless. It's full of air. Regurgitating Python is not high on my list of priorities. However, when asked whether he liked Spamalot during an interview with Dennis Daniel on 98.5 WBONFM, mm. the bone, <laughs> on Long Island, shortly after the musical's opening on Broadway, Jones said, well... I thought, all, I thought it was terrific good fun. It's great to see the audience loving it. I suppose I had reservations as far as, well, the idea of doing scenes from the film on stage. I just don't get the point of it. They, they do them terribly well. I mean, they really are good, but I just don't quite understand what it is about it. It really isn't Python. It's Yikes. very much 
Eric. Jones went on to say, I think the best parts of the musical are the new things. For instance, when they do the Andrew Lloyd Webber takeoff and this girl comes on and sings Whatever Happened to My Part. Since she hasn't appeared on stage, since she hasn't appeared on stage since the opening number, she's really furious. That is one of the great moments where the show really comes alive for me. When all the other characters are off stage. Yeah. And in, like, the middle of Act 2. So it's it's interesting that he says, um, I don't see the point, when I'm fairly sure a lot of people had that reaction to Python originally. Because their whole thing, their whole gimmick is that it's all just random. That's right. So much of it had no point, Mm -hmm. no sensical point anyway. Uh, In October 2006 interview with Michael Palin said, we're all hugely delighted that Spamalot is doing so well because we're all beneficiaries. It's well, a great show. So basically, collectively, they were like, hmm, we're making the money's money. good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a great show. It's not Python, as we would have written it, but then none of us would have got together to write a Python stage, so... Eric eventually ran out of patience and said, well, I'll do it myself then. He sent us bits and songs and all that, and we said, yeah, that's all right, have a go. But its success is so enormous that it took us all by surprise, including Eric, and now we're so proud to be associated with it rather than pathetically. We're all proud. We're all so proud. But we're all going to publicly shame it at every chance we can. We've all (laughs) put a little stank on it at some point. It's an um, interesting start to this episode. It is. I'm surprised. When asked by a Las Vegas Review Journal reporter in 2008 if he had to be persuaded to provide the recorded voice of God in the musical, John Cleese said... Yes, that's right. And I think Spamalot turned out splendidly. It had a tremendous run. I defy anyone to go and not have a really fun evening. It's the silliest thing I have ever seen, and I think Eric did a great job. Well, that was nice. That was lovely. Yeah. So then... Go, John Cleese. (laughs) Just being nice. (laughs) So then most of the Monty Python gang hated it. Well, most of them either despised it originally and then went, eh, I'm all right with it. I get the feeling it's more that they didn't like the idea of it. Right. Yeah. And I think there was a lot of hesitation to to put it on stage. Yeah. Um, But that said, they've done other things in the past where they've they've put their stuff on stage. There is recorded Hollywood Bowl show of them doing stuff on stage. It's just not a musical. It has music in it. Yeah. But it is not a musical. Is, is that the part they take exception to, perhaps? That Maybe. it's not That it's them. a connected musical with a plot. <laughs> or that well, it's, it's not them doing it. Not I don't think it is. Thing. I think it's, yeah. they couldn't be bothered to do it. Eric's went and did it and they're like, oh, okay. So then how did the show come about? Like Eric obviously just he went, had, I'm just going to write it. Yes, so he did. Yeah, he had to so go and sort of seek the permission of the other Pythons Yeah, to make because sure of intellectual property. <laughs> and that's what Palin said. They sent mm. bits and pieces to them and then they went, yeah, it's fine, just do it. Yeah, okay. So um, book writer and lyricist Eric Idle explained the title of the show in February 2004. I like the title Spamalot a lot. <laughs> we tested it with audiences on my recent US tour and they liked it as much as I did, which is gratifying. After all, they are the ones who will be paying Broadway prices to see the show. It comes from a line in the movie which goes, we eat ham and jam and spam a lot. Mm. 
Um, so Spamalot is a musical comedy adaptation from the 1975 film Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Like the film, it's super, super irreverent and it parodies the Arthurian legend um, Search for the Holy Grail. Um, but it differs many ways. So Many ways. Many, many ways. Many so ways. many ways. All of the ways, Just I think. differing all over the place. If it had to choose a way to go... It went it was the other different. way. <laughs> <laughs> so it previewed on Broadway at the New York Schubert Theatre in the beginning of uh, 14th of February. Oh, Valentine's Day. Shut the front door. 14th of February 2005, ahead of an official opening on the 17th of March. Mike Nichols directed it and Casey Nicholshaw choreographed. The show played its final performance on the 11th of January 2009 after 35 previews and 1,575 performances. It was seen. It's not to be sneezed at. It was seen by more than 2 million people and grossed over 175 million. Holy moly. Recouping its initial production's costs in under six months. So this is why the Python team are like, I hate. It, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's all right. Well, people seem to like. Yeah, I guess it's enjoyable. All we had to do was give a tick of approval, and now I'm a millionaire. Exactly. <laughs> so this original 2005 Broadway production was uh, directed by Mark Nichols. Won three Tony Awards, including the Tony Award for Best Musical mm-hmm. of 2004-2005 se- uh, season, and also received uh, like 14 Tony Award nominations. That's amazing. So three out of 14 is pretty good. Um, it has gone here, there and everywhere. Like it has quite literally gone here, there and everywhere. Um, there was a first national tour in 2006 through to 2009. The second and third national tours are 2010 to 2013 and the Hollywood Bowl in 2015. Hollywood Bowl. Places it has played, West End, a UK touring production, Las Vegas, International productions. I imagine it would do very well, well in Las Vegas. Vegas. It would do so I feel well like this Vegas. show could live in Las Vegas yeah. forever. Yes. In the medieval hotel. Yes. Too. So yes. In, in Las Vegas, it previewed on the 8th of March in 2007 um, at the Win Las Vegas and the newly renamed Grail Theatre. Oh. Yes, as, as with other Las Vegas transfers of Broadway musical, including Phantom of the Opera, Spamalot was condensed to run to 90 minutes without an intermission. What? So apparently they do that a lot in Las Vegas. Yeah. They, they do. Go, they really do. You're drunk and you have a tension span of a gnat. We'll make it shorter. <laughs> I would have thought they would have left the intermission in so they could sell more drinks. No, no, because no, they want they people can... to move to the machines yeah. and keep oh, putting money in. I forgot about the gambling. The gambling, yeah. yeah. So international productions, a new Australian production started in Melbourne in November 2007 at Her Majesty's Theatre with an official premiere on December yes. 1st. It didn't run for very no, long, it did at all. not. It was meant to tour. It was meant to, so, and it yeah. didn't. No, it, it went from December 1st through to 5th of April. Due to, and it says, due to lack of ticket sales, no tour followed, which is really sad. Yeah, but that is sad. Other sad. countries loved the crap out of it. So it, it's, What's wrong with us? It's gone to... Australia, do better. I know, which is very, very odd because often um, English humour translates really well mm. into yeah. Australian humour. Yeah. It, it is... Like the American version of the English humour, And that's humor, what I though. noticed Maybe as well. There's a fair exception am- to. amount of slapstick put in. Yeah. And I think... Oh, well, that's, that's in Python. That it's Python, but I think it cut out a lot of the English humour 
and relies now a lot on the slapstick as well. Well, it's also... It, particularly in the second half, it moves away from the traditional from the traditional python like it's a thing. Um, uh, it moves away from the the original subject matter from the um, Holy Grail Python movie yeah. and becomes this a Broadway parody. And there's a lot more Broadway parody stuff in there, so it it really is very Americanized. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'll pay that. Um, places where I doubt it would be Americanized: <laughs> Barcelona, 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 yeah. Madrid, Madrid, Germany. Obviously, does really well in Spanish. Spain? Yeah, yeah, or German. Yeah, but that's one of the other places that it's like, um, yeah, you're going to get at least two. Because then it goes Germany. Two people no. <laughs> seen it. No, <laughs> at least get two cities. Germany. It then goes to Sweden. Oh, no. In Stockholm. (laughs) Mexico? Mexico. Mexico. (laughs) How fun would that be? (laughs) I really want to see a Mexican production of this. Mexicans spam a lot. I'm assuming it will actually probably just be exactly the same, but fun. Well, it would be in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Again. Um, Japan. Cool. South Korea. Not North Korea? No, surprisingly, oh. it skipped North Korea first. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. Mm. How odd. Mm. And Norway. Interesting. <laughs> and Norway. It's been it's been around. In all of our researching, we did encounter some fun Czechoslovakian versions. Mm-hmm. Czech. What well, was probably just one one Czech <laughs> version? Yes. Yeah. And also, uh, but they they um, had the most. Like complete recording yeah. that we yeah. could find of the score that we is now being licensed yeah. is the Czech version. Really? Uh, the Spanish version was also quite good, but oh, I couldn't yes. tell you which of those countries that was from. Whether that was the Mexican one or the Spanish one or the. I really want some nachos now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else for history, Julia? Is that is that it? That's all. No. Well, then let's move on. What is this show about, Miranda? Well, I'm going to tell you what this show is about. Okay. Um, it's about spam. Yes. A lot? Uh, a lot of spam? Actually, not a lot of the show is about spam. Okay. That's a deceiving title. It is, isn't it? It is. Hmm. Okay, so as you said, it's based on uh, the Monty Python's Holy Grail. Yep. Which is itself based very loosely on uh, the tale of King Arthur and his search for said Holy Grail. Um, It was a quest given to him by God, uh, who we see in the show played by a giant flown in uh, pair of feet. Yeah. And uh, the voice of John Cleese originally. Yes. Uh, But now when you license the show, you get a recording of Eric Idle doing it. Amazing. It comes with the licensing package. I love when they do that. Here, take this recording of Eric Idle, put him in your show. Yeah, so thanks, great. I will. <laughs> uh, so that's cute. Anyway. And then I'll keep it for my ringtone So King Arthur later. and his uh, right-hand man uh, slash uh, what do you call him thingy person Side thing. Kick. Manservant. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, slash horse. Patsy. Yes. <laughs> Uh, set off on their quest for the Grail. Uh, they uh, gather 
nights together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we meet Bedivere, who uh, in the movie we see a lot earlier. He's like the first one to join the crew and he's the most loyal to Arthur kind of thing. But we actually don't meet him until last in the musical because we've got a lot of other character development to do with the others. Robin and Lancelot already know each other. They live in a mud village. Um, Arthur finds them. They do the hilarious bit from the movie about the coconuts. Well, where did you get the coconuts? And the whole thing about the swallow. Uh Uh, So the show is essentially made up of a whole bunch of the skits from the movie. Yep played out with songs added in between and then a whole sort of twist toward the end that um, moves away from that story and starts talking about um, something that we'll get to in a minute. Uh, Robin is a scaredy cat knight and Lancelot is a big guy who wants to beat things and the two of them head off and join Arthur at his very, very, very... Round table. Uh, we then meet Dennis, who uh, is working mysteriously in the mud fields, as you do when you're a peasant. Um, and this is the skit from the scene with Arthur, at the skit from the movie with Arthur and the peasant talking about how, you know, he lives in this. A commune where everybody shares power and you should, you know, vote and democracy and this, that, the other. It's a very sort of poor guy talking in a very sort of dirty English accent about very intelligent things and a very confused king going, but I'm the king. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he becomes a knight and turns into Galahad, who's this very beautiful self-obsessed kind of um, guy, uh, fills that role very nicely. So then uh, all these knights go to Camelot. They have a great time. They meet some ladies, including the Lady of the Lake, the only female principal in the show. In the whole show. show. And for 99% of the show, she doesn't even have a name. (laughs) Her name is Lady. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got King Arthur and Patsy, his loyal knights, Bedivere, Robin, Lancelot and the newly knighted Galahad. Mm. Lady. Oh, yeah. There you go. There's the principles of the cast, everybody. Nice. <laughs> uh, there's also uh, another actor, a male actor, usually, who takes on a lot of other roles throughout the show. Yes. So he plays a lot of bit parts, um, including the historian, the um, not dead Fred, who <laughs> is. So great. Uh, if you remember the skit <laughs> where the. Uh, carting bodies through yeah. the village, uh, ringing the bell, bring out your dead. I'm and, not dead uh, yet. I'm not dead yet. I don't want to go on the cart. I feel better. I feel better. I feel fine. <laughs> uh, this is a, a point in the show where there's a, a very funny song. I'm, there's a lot of very funny very songs that just in the show just like that, but I'll leave Dan. I could have talked to you about all the music. Um that same character also plays uh, one of the minstrels who we see later running around with Robin and the beautiful Prince Herbert. Yes. So we'll talk about that one in a minute too. So the uh, knights get together and they go off on their quest. Uh, they meet a few people along the way, including 
the French in the French castle. Mm-hmm. It's a very famous scene where one of the Frenchmen is in the battlements of the castle throwing the most humorous <laughs> and interesting uh, insults at the knights and it, it hurts. The words hurt. Um, so the, that's known as the French taunter scene. There's a few more French in there and, in fact, this is um, the catalyst for the end of the first act in this show. So <laughs> they essentially get attacked by the French. They um, have a cow thrown at them. Cow, dude. Um, it's just never-ending. Um, this is also the scene where they bring in the wooden rabbit, which is quite famous. It makes an appearance, if you'd like to include that in the character list. <laughs> One wooden rabbit. Um, <laughs> they are taunted into running away and all the knights split up and flee and that's the end of Act 1. There's can-can dances and, and feathers everywhere and uh, it's a lot of fun. They come back from the second act and they're all a bit, um, you know, unhappy and sad. They're lost yeah. in a dark and very expensive forest. <laughs> and um, Arthur sings about his woes and how sad it is that he's all alone. And um, Patsy, who's been by his side the entire time, tries to tell him that he's not alone. He's been there the entire time. <laughs> He doesn't seem to listen. Uh, there's a few more interactions include, uh, between Robin and Galahad and uh, Bedivere and Lancelot all going off and doing their own things. Uh, they collectively, in separate parts, meet the Knights of Knee and the Black Knight, which is the very famous scene where he gets his arms chopped off and he's still like, oh, I'm going to get you, <laughs> King Arthur says to him. But you haven't got any arms left. And he says, yes, I do. No, you don't. It's a bit like that. So he loses all of his limbs. It's um, a very, very Python-esque scene. <laughs> a lot of fun to play with. Uh, and then uh, Lancelot goes, finds a note and embedded in his manservant and he goes <laughs> off to rescue a maiden from a tower who turns out to be Prince Herbert, <laughs> a very effeminate young man. His father, who is not effeminate at all, would like him to marry somebody. This is another scene from the film yep. where uh, he breaks up this wedding and basically kills all the wedding guests. <laughs> Just goes on a rampage. Um, in this in this version, not in the original film, uh, this becomes a moment of realisation for Lancelot as he discovers that he is actually attracted to men. Um, <laughs> Herbert helps him to realise suddenly that he's gay Amazing. and uh, it's a great excuse to bring out some mirror balls and, <laughs> and a fruit hat. So um, that's a, a little twist and this is about the point where we start to see things moving away from the original Python oh, yeah. skits. So uh, the n- next skit that we see that you might recognise would be uh, with Tim the Enchanter. They go to find the grail in a cave guarded by a killer bunny with um, <laughs> very pointy, nasty teeth. Uh, and... The whole show takes a complete turn from this point and we basically don't see any more of the original Python story. Yeah. So when the they blow up the bunny using the holy hand grenade <laughs> provided to them by Brother Maynard 
uh, it reveals a clue and the clue points them toward a seat in the audience. This yeah. is where audience participation suddenly becomes a oh, thing. that thing that everyone loves. <laughs> yes, we break through the fourth wall what? and we find the grail. It was in the audience the whole time. Oh, amazing. Um, <laughs> they also, earlier when they meet the Knights of Knee, um, yes. they bring them the shrubbery and then are given a new task to produce a Broadway show. Mm-hmm. So uh, when all of this happens and they break that fourth wall... They realise we've been in a Broadway show the whole time. Oh my bum, 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 bum. The Lady of the Lake reappears. There's a wedding because that's what you have at the end of a comedy, <laughs> right, Julie? All right. <laughs> and uh, everyone lives happily ever after. Amazing. Yes. So there are a few other uh, bit parts that mm-hmm. pop up every now and then. Robin has um, some very humorous minstrels that follow him around and <laughs> yeah. sing songs about how brave he is. They not. are my favourite. <laughs> They're great. They are <laughs> great. Um, and the Lady of the Lake, who turns out to be yes. someone with a name, but I'm not going to say it because <laughs> I don't want to spoil the moment oh, if you haven't seen it. No, is it Nancy? Isn't that what we always do? We spoil all the time. <sighs> it's going to be. Uh, let's move on. What? She. Kakara. <laughs> See, there's a lot of ensemble that turn up and uh, fill out big production numbers throughout the yes. show. And uh, Lady of the Lake also has her Laker girls who are her <laughs> like, backup. Woohoo! So they're cheerleaders when you first meet them and then they sort of hang around with her and um, for the rest of the show. So there's lots of um, references to Python. They've put in uh, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life, which is actually yeah. from a different show, but they've put it in because you're going to make a Python musical, you've got to put their most famous song in you it. You do. Um, and then they've taken it and melded it with all of these Broadway bits, Broadway references and jokes and, yes. you know, stuff. So they really blended these two things together and created Spamalot. Spamalot. Yeah. Oh. But essentially it is... A, Despite the fact that Python guys might not like it, it is for fans and fans love love it. it. I think that's why it did so well. Python fans love it. Broadway people love it, even if they're not necessarily Python fans. It makes sense without that. There's some jokes for everybody. Everyone has a great time. They laugh a lot. Yeah. They go home happy. They go home happy and they go home singing something. Mm-hmm. So maybe that one. Should we talk about the other songs in this show? Let's do it. The songs of Spamalot. Hmm. Danny, what do you want to start with? Well, gee, I don't know. Let's start at the very beginning. Oh, perfection. All right, well. Brenda. Thanks, Miranda. That's not well, in look, the show, though. Was that necessary? That's, that's that is always. the wrong show. <laughs> Sorry. Um, There's no wrong. Music for this show, mm. for Spamalot, was composed by Eric Idle, but also with a good friend of his, John Dupre. John Dupre. I made him French, but I think it's more, uh, it's more just John Dupre. Dupre? Not Dupre. John Dupre. No, not Dupre, Dupre. Oh, very nice. I don't know. Anyway, and I didn't realise that he composed music for the glorious film A Fish Called Wanda. Amazing. Oh, oh, 
so cool. And also some of my favourites from my tween years, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Amazing. Oh my God. I know, right? I know. One, two and three. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's impressive. That was me just dropping my jaw. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear it hit the floor? <laughs> um, so it's a it's a, a good relationship musically that they have because they work together on a lot of um, stuff, including all of the uh, Monty Python um, shows and movies and all that sort of stuff. Um, but the actual songs of the actual show begins with the overture. Moving into, I know, it's revolutionary. (laughs) Uh, The historian's introduction is always a bit of fun as well, which leads into the first comedy moment of the show Mm. where we mishear what the historian says and hear Finland instead of England (laughs) and a joyous representation of Finnish dance (laughs) ensues. Finland, Finland, Finland. That's the country body. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's very fun. There is some fish slapping, as the song is titled. Mm-hmm. Um, moves into the monk's chant, uh, which is a lovely medieval gesture. Uh, and once King Arthur arrives on set, accompanied by Patsy's beautiful coconuts. Oh, I don't have any coconuts. <gasps> I can't do it. How do you not have coconuts? I can't do it. Okay. I've got two glasses here. Will that work? No. <laughs> Smash. I've got water in them too. It would just yeah, be dying. No. Okay. No, put it down. I should have brought my coconuts with you me. You should have. Um, <laughs> King Arthur sings his entrance march, which is then, it recurs many times throughout the show. Mm-hmm. I am Arthur, King of the Britons. And so that's a, a theme that definitely comes back often throughout the show. Another one of my absolute favourite songs is next, um, I Am Not Dead Yet. I am not dead yet. I can dance and I can sing. sing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it's a great song led by the actor who plays the historian and plays the dead body and plays multiple roles. Um, And everyone joins in and all the dead bodies come to life and everybody dances and sings and it's so much fun. It's a happy tune. It's so happy. (laughs) So happy, indeed. Um, then once all of the knights get together and decide they're all going to be knights, we move to the Lady of the Lake and to Camelot, which is pretty exciting. Uh, this is where the Lady of the Lake's Laker girls come into their own and they get a special cheerleading song. Ready? Okay. <laughs> yes, so it's very difficult choreographically to manage the dance moves and the clapping at once. The lady of the lake will make, make you a man. man. If she can't do it, nobody can. Absolutely Classic. Right. Classic Amazing. lyric writing. <laughs> so they don't even really sing either. They just chant. Well, they do. Just they not do. in that particular number okay. because they're being cheerleaders. Right. And cheerleaders we're chant. We're going to talk like this for the rest of the episode, <laughs> Because we're so English. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow everything has gone crazy. (laughs) Uh, After that, we move into the satirical, the song that goes like this. Very nice. Yes, which is a bit of a mockery of of the generic musical theatre pieces and mocks how we move into key changes and mocks how we're singing in duet. Let's make it more dramatic. Yes. Having only just met. Yes, absolutely. Uh, a lot of fun, definitely a lot of fun. 
Um, one of my favourites is next. It's uh, All For One and all of the knights sing in this beautiful little three-part harmony, All For One. There's a little bit quartet barbershop feel. It's just lovely. And um, they do some cute little choreography and have a good time singing about the coming knights together. Yeah. Um, when they reach Camelot, which is the musical theatre version of Vegas... <laughs> things get a little bit crazy. Cray cray. Yes, indeed. And they sing Knights of the Round Table. We're Knights of the Round Table. And this fun. is, that's actually a, a number from the film. That's oh, from Grail. So there's a transition to Camelot where they sing this song. Mm. They extended it. <laughs> and significantly. It significantly extended it. There's, but, yeah, there's, there's a cute little montage of the knights in Camelot dancing on tables and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, they made it a lot more Vegas in the production design and in the orchestration yeah. and, like I said, longer and added in this whole extra bit yep. where the lady comes down and sings with Arthur and all this. It's yeah, fantastic. It's, Lots Love of it. improvisation and the different productions around the world uh, and in community theatre as well as professional, they come up with their own ideas of what Oh, they the Lady want. of the Lake scat. Yeah, yeah. The, the riffing in that. And there's, um, was it the German version? Uh, oh, yeah, where, yeah. Where the Lady of the Lake yodels in the That's middle amazing. of her yeah. solo and it's the best thing I've She's ever heard in my life. She's just riffing up there and just turns it Yodel-y. into the- amazing. Yeah. Um, so lots of fun and it's cool to see different people's interpretations of it. Is yeah. there still a pram in it? Oh, yes. Yeah. I could just check it. Yeah. I like to push the pram. A lot. Oh. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, once we've been to Vegas. Camelot. Sorry. Get ve- Cam- Vegas. Ve- ve- I can't combine this together. <laughs> no, it's ve- ve- I was a bit ve- concerned ve- about ve- where we were going <laughs> to ve- go there. <laughs> the, the knights, I was about to call them the boys, the knights get their mission to go and chase the Holy Grail from the Lady of the Lake. She gives them their mission and then they venture into the realm of the French taunters, which is also hilarious. Um... Some of the best fart jokes ever in that scene. <laughs> Makes me so happy. We all know that that's my favourite type of humour. They're the best kind of jokes. <laughs> and a fabulous song called Run Away, Run Away, Run Away, Run Away, Run Away, Run Away, Run Away. They just keep saying that. Um, and that's act one. Done. We Damn. leave the show not knowing. Did we find a grail? We don't even know if they survived the taunting of oh, the French. No. It's pretty devastating. It is. But anyway... Turns out everything's fine. We come back, act two, and the very, very famous song, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. Love it. (laughs) And then comes my absolute, absolute favourite song of the entire show is Brave Sir Robin, (laughs) sung by the minstrels. And they're... I wish I had a tambourine. We could do it. Where's your tambourine? (laughs) (laughs) And it's just so great the way... I don't have a tambourine on hand. <laughs> I love the way that they harness this medieval sounding accompaniment um, in with tambourines and yeah. recorder sounds and yet <laughs> his lyrics are just absolutely being the meanest person in the world to Robin and it's amazing. <laughs> All the he like lists out a list song. Who was it who was on Ooh. the show was talking about? Oh yes, that's a list, list song. song. Um, yeah, he's listing 
He's like, oh, Rent, my favourite mm. episode. Um, <laughs> he was, he's listing all of the Brave horrid attributes. ways that Robin could be hurt, maimed or die. Yes. <laughs> and, of course, that's making Robin feel really good about himself. Because mm. he's very brave. No, he's not. Mm. I think they're being sarcastic, to Sarcastic. <laughs> sarcastic. I never would have believed that from the music. Oh. Perhaps that's what makes it satirical. Oh, my God. What? We've really understood. Unlocked something here, guys. You wouldn't have known that before. This is what you get when you have done Niqua on the show. Niqua is a satire. It all makes sense now. Oh, my. Are there any more songs in the show, Yes, there are. Uh, There is another very serious non-satirical song about how the show will never succeed on Broadway if they don't have any Jews. And it's a very very American reference song but still quite hilarious yeah. for a there's an alternative song though isn't yeah. there if you, if you don't understand jewish people like you're german or something i don't know mm. sorry that was harsh um, <laughs> i meant nazis <laughs> so there's an alternative song for nazis it's wanting called to put you on won't succeed on broadway if you don't have any stars yeah. which is a slightly Ooh. less amusing version but it is a slightly more politically correct version and so you can insert your favorite local stars mm-hmm. into the lyrics of the song yeah. who are so my choose. favorite local stars we'll get to uh, that later we'll get to we'll get to yes that. yes um that one's always a, a lot of fun too the diva's lament is the big moment where the lady of the lake come back comes back onto stage and whinges and complains she about the does. fact that she has not been on stage yet and it's already halfway through act two and it's wonderful to see her get so annoyed. Um, and, <laughs> and also she, wear a wig cap without a wig. Everyone oh, wants to a wig know what that looks without like. A wig. Beautiful is what yeah. it looks like. Musically important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very important. And then comes to another of my favourite characters, Prince Herbert. Oh, my God. Uh, singing the most beautiful little melody. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you, Salat, Salat? Or whatever he sings to. You know what that, that song reminds me of? It's the, the song in Men in Tights. Like it's very similar yeah. where she's standing at the window going, oh, yes. where's my that knight in shining armour? One of my favourite songs just in yes. general. In general, yeah. I love to sing it general. at auditions. Those songs sit in the same place and mm-hmm. serve the same purpose. Absolutely. So I guess that's Absolutely. why they're very similar. But, yeah, they're musically very similar as well. Very contemplative. Oh, yes, and so <laughs> wistful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, thankfully, Prince Herbert does find his prince um, in Lancelot, who then discovers that he is gay. <laughs> his name is Lancelot. He likes to dance a lot. <laughs> I love it. It is great and it's lots of fun. And very gay. So gay. Which is awesome. Rainbows everywhere. <laughs> Lycra, fruit hats, YMCA. So much YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my favourite little lyric moment uh, because he is G-A-Y-M-C-A. <laughs> He's gay. <laughs> it's great. So good. So good. And then because he hasn't had the spotlight for a mm. while, King Arthur sings about how alone he is on stage with all the rest of the knights. Yeah. And he's so alone. And he sings this entire song about being alone. It's like, shut up. As Patsy says, yeah. you. And then all the knights sing together. With him. We're all alone. Yeah. <laughs> all by ourselves. <laughs> it's great. And then begins the recaps, 
leading us to the finale, leading us to the end of the show. And how many finales are there? There are four, in wow. fact. Wow. And then bows. And yeah. then the bows. <laughs> and then the finale, extra finale bows, special edition. That's a lot. Po- post bows, post bows, sing along. Sing along. Mm-hmm. Wow. Absolutely. One thing I did discover um, in my research is that. Oh, I love someone who does their research. <laughs> Um, discovered that there were several songs that were cut from the show. Yes. Uh, there was one whole scene and song that was cut in the early stages of the previews, uh, and that was the, the scene about uh, them coming into a town and they see meet a witch who's about to be burnt. Oh, yes. 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 Mm-hmm. That is missing. I feel Entirely. like that's missing. It's yeah. such an iconic mm. bit from the movie. And the lyrics of the, the cut song from that scene include, put her on the barbecue and turn her. Scratch that itch before that bitch can spurn you. Wow. Love it. There needs to why be a bleep in there. <laughs> okay, maybe so I understand that... why it was cut now. Yeah, no, yeah. I think yeah. it may have been a little bit vicious. The original, the original scene didn't have that kind of... No. no they were no. just no. a little more vicious than mm. that. But the other scene, I, I really do lament this being removed from the show because I wish I could find the sheet music for it because I would sang this. <laughs> um, it's from the French Taunter scene where the castle revolves around and reveals a lonely French cow <laughs> smoking a cigarette in a long cigarette holder, singing about the sadness of her life. I'm just a lonely cow who has a dream that each and every one of us is part of nature's scheme. That somehow I should do it in a lower French voice. That somehow every single cow can make a difference to just how this world is now. Today is true, so here is my final move. Farewell, au revoir, bye bye, bonsoir. That is my goodbye to you. And it goes on. That was impressive, Danny. I'm impressed. I would allow you to lament that song being missing. And then in the show, the castle would turn around again. And then they would catapult the cow. They would catapult that cow. And the audience felt that they now related too much to the sad French cow and then they were not amused by her being catapulted. (gasps) And therefore they cut it for the comedy of the cow and the catapult. Which, you know, that's funny. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Splat. Yeah, you're right. No, I feel for that cow. I now. feel for the cow too. Yeah. So, uh, if anyone has access to the sheet music for the sad cow song cut from Spamalot, please let me know because yeah, I would like to send sing it, it to us. Comment on um, <laughs> on this podcast with the link to that one. Um, there have been some pretty amazing people in this show, so um, I'm going to talk about it. Now, the out-of-town preview in Chicago and the original Broadway cast are the same, which is really exciting. And such a time saver for the podcast. Right? That's amazing. So let's start from the beginning. We have Tim Curry as King Arthur. Amazing. Um, I don't think I need to explain who Tim Curry is. And if I do, you need to go Google that yourself because I'm disappointed in you. Um, (laughs) The Lady of the Lake was performed by Sarah or Sarah Ramirez, who's Mm. probably best known for her stint on Grey's Anatomy Mm -hmm. um, and was incredible. 
Uh, Patsy was played by Michael McGrath. Sir Lancelot was Hank Azaria. Oh, my voices God. Voices a lot of characters on The Simpsons. Yeah. You would know his face if you saw him. Sir Galahad was Christopher Sieber. I'm sorry if I didn't say that right, Chris. Apologies. Sir Robin was David Hyde Pierce, who we know from Fraser. Yay. He's so good. Uh, Sir Bedivere was Steve Rosin. And Prince Herbert was Christian Ball. Oh. I just, I think that cast is so... Fantastic. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. But some of the Broadway cast replacements also included um, Alan Tudyk in Sir Lancelot. You would know Alan from, he played Steve the Pirate in Dodgeball. He's Um, voiced King Candy in Wreck-It Ralph. He voiced um, Duke of Weaselton in Frozen. He's the voice of Hey Hey in Moana. You are neglecting the most important thing that Alan Tudyk ever did. Which was... 28 days. 28 days. Firefly! Firefly! He's been in a lot. I've mentioned him. You're like, he's just. He's been in one of my dream casts. Amazing. Sure. But then the one that's like a big question mark for me um, is a replacement, Sir Robin, was Clay Aiken, who was Ooh. on American Idol. Really? Um, yes. Anyway, moving on. Um, The original West End cast also had Tim Curry in the role of King Arthur and they also had Christopher Sieber in Sir Galahad, but everybody else was changed. Nobody um, that I know of, but so I'll run through it. Uh, Hannah Waddingham was the Lady of the Lake. David Burrell was Patsy. Tom Goodman-Hill was Sir Lancelot. Robert Hands was Sir Robin. Tony Timberlake, who is not... Related to Justin Timberlake at all. Um, disappointed. Tony. Disappointed. <laughs> I was disappointed. And Darren Southworth was Prince Herbert. Um, in 2015, they did the Hollywood Bowl. Mm-hmm. What, what? This is a very um, interesting cast. <laughs> Craig Robinson played King Arthur. Craig, um, I love most of all is Daryl from The Office, the US Office. Um, But has been in a lot of of films and other television series. Um, Merle Dangridge was the Lady of the Lake. (laughs) This is maybe my favourite is Warwick Davis, um, who played Professor Flickwick in the Harry Potter series, played Patsy. Um, Rick Holmes played Sir Lancelot. Christian Slater played Sir Galahad. Oh, he yeah. was the very yeah. For those of you who don't know who Christian Slater is, 90s. go back and watch the original Heather's. He played JD. He's been in so much stuff. Was he not in Robin Hood? Prince of Thieves, the one with Kevin Costner. Possibly. Oh, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Still, he's, like, you go onto IMDb, you. he has like 140 credits to his name. Like, he's mm-hmm. in everything. Sorry, I missed which role did he play? He played JD in the original head. No, he's <laughs> a lot. So, he played Sir Galahad. Galahad, okay. Because yeah. he's singing. The he's young and hot. Oh, he's he's, he's young and hot. No, that's Lancelot. No, it's okay. Jesse Tyler Ferguson played Sir Robin. If you don't know who that (laughs) is, he was in the original cast of Spelling Bee. He's on Modern Family at the moment. He's awesome. Um, Kevin Chamberlain was Sir Bedivere and Trom Deckman was Prince Herbert. Now, we also have an Australian cast. Um, The Australian cast included Billy Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I love that. Lucinda Shaw played the Lady of the Lake. Um, Stephen Hall was Sir Lancelot. Gary Buffett. That was who he played in Neighbours, guys. 
Oh, Stephen Hall played Gary in Neighbours. Yeah. I thought he played Angus Jones in Neighbours, but he must have played. Them. Well, I think I don't know. Um, but, 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 Derek Metzger played Patsy. And Ben Lewis was Sir Galahad. Jason Langley was Sir Robin. Mark Conaghan was Prince Herbert. Mark Conaghan oh. is actually an old Brizzy performer. He is. I've seen the with him a million years ago. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and so on and so forth. There have been other productions of this show. Um, I quite like seeing Frank Woodley in Sir Robin's role. He was very funny. Very but that good. was also... A lot of homegrown heroes like Chris Kellett, mm. Steve Hurst, um, <laughs> Dash Cruck was in that production. It was awesome. Um, they say notable West End replacements, but we don't need to go into that. The production elements of this show uh, are pretty impressive. It's that kind of cartoony, clay animation-y kind of vibe to it. It's very big and vibrant and bright. Um all the sets basically looked like the artwork of the poster. <laughs> it was um, a little bit tacky, but in the best kind of so way. T- Broadway tacky. Broadway yeah. tacky. And everything was just like oversized. I think my favourite set piece is the actual poster image of the grail and the hand and all of the things. It's all like big, unnecessary all over the place um roulette wheels for the vegasy numbers and lights within the set to just like show biz it up a little bit and gloriously unnecessary costumes for a lot of the ensemble for so many of the ensemble and like the laker girls quite often are decked out in exactly the same outfit as um as the the lady of the lake um but in just a slightly less Maybe sparkly manner. They can't. They can't less. overtake her in any way. <laughs> the, um, I saw the show on Broadway. Yes. And I was. I. It was actually the first show that I saw when I, I turned up there. Yeah. And I remember walking into the theatre and thinking, this place is tiny. <laughs> How does Broadway do it? I thought shows in Broadway were meant to be huge. Yeah. And then the the. You know, curtain opened, the show started, and I was like, how is this all fitting on that tiny stage? And I, there was just so much of it. It wasn't that it was big in, in space. space. It wasn't enormous. No. There was just so much of everything. And like clouds coming down. It felt really big. Yeah. It was a awesome. really interesting conundrum of yeah. space that I experienced in that show. But, um, yeah, I I remember thinking how bright and colourful the whole thing was. Yeah. Even the parts that are meant to be about brown and mud yeah. still somehow ended up being colourful production numbers. Yeah, it's it's good fun. It's good fun show, good fun. guys. And the production elements and the cast reflect it. Speaking of cast... Um, I know who I would like to cast in this show. Is it Zac Efron? How did you know, Julie? Let's get into Dreamcast. Dreamcast time. Who do we want to cast in this show, guys? I want to see the whole original Python cast, whether they like it or not. 100% what I was going to say. Yes, I want to see the original Python cast do it. I think they'd have more fun with it. 
if they had just participated in it. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. So I want them to love it. Just surly little English people. <laughs> Who should we cast as their lady then? Mm. Because they didn't really have... I would really a like lady. to see... Well, they did. They did, but not any particular one, I guess. Did you see the lady of the lake at all in the film? Yes, you do. When you he do? goes into the... Well, kind of. When he goes into the castle and there's all those naked ladies, it's in that. Someone in that group <laughs> might be. Might be. No, there is someone that actually leads Don't him. You love through. how Monty Python brought us. But I just remember nudity. Yeah. <laughs> in our youth. I was days. quite young, and I just remember boobs and <laughs> Life of Brian. First full frontal male nudity for me. Well done, Piper. Thank you. Thank you. Let's put Kate McKinnon in the role of the Lady of the Lake. Oh. <laughs> I knew I'd get a reaction from Julie. <laughs> I really like her in in Other Ghostbusters, there we go. but. Because of what she did with an Australian accent in that movie, I in the other movie, I don't know what it's called. Rough Night. Yeah, Rough Night. I might, I can't, mm, I don't think she can do an English accent if she can't do an Australian one. The Lady of the Lake doesn't do an English accent. <gasps> How, I don't know, I haven't seen it. It's often played with quite an American sort of accent. Um, I, I have a thing about the Lady of the Lake being cast really young. Who's, she ends up with Arthur. She does. Who is she often played be... by um, a man of, of age. age. Mm. Uh, I would really like to see somebody who matched that mm. that yeah. level of maturity. So if we're going to match it to the current cast of Monty Python. Judy Dench. We're looking at <laughs> I was Judy Dench and Patty. <laughs> Patty Lapone as the lady of the as the lady. lady. I don't know if you could convince her to do a show where she spends most, most of, of it off stage. Barbara Streisand. Yes. Oh, oh my god. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or a good old Elaine Strict. Oh, yeah. oh that'd be an interesting take. Yeah. That would be hard to do now, but yes. <laughs> yes. Well, it's a dream cast, Sorry, Julie. Elaine. It's a dream It's going to have to cast. stay a dream cast. It's a, defo dream. it's a definite dream cast. I'm going to put my good friend Zach in as Sir Lancelot. Um, because he's big and strong and hot. Is yeah. he big and strong and hot? And I guess Look, him. I haven't met him, in, but if he stood next to me, then yes. It's all comparative. Zach Efron, could we have Daniel Radcliffe as Patsy? Yes. yes. I love I think Daniel that's Radcliffe. hilarious. No. <laughs> I think that works or, quite wise Or too. Prince Herbert. Yes. No. Sorry, Zach Efron? No, Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe in, in Prince Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, God. Sorry, I just heard it as I said it. Don't rewind that, guys. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? Eddie Redmayne? Eddie Redmayne in any particular? Just anything. I don't really care. I, I think I would prefer to see comedians mm. take it on. I think, well, comedians like, have very much taken the roles of Lancelot and Robin. They tend to be filled by comedic actors yeah, but or all comedians. Of them, like Arthur, yeah. someone with great Comic comedic timing, timing is. Yeah. Uh, I know that Arthur is, he's kind of the straight yeah. guy out Which of it, is, and that's a lot more obvious in the film. But in yeah. the show, he's got a lot more. Mm. Well, that Tim Curry, I think, would have brought that, and Craig Robinson definitely. Mm. Yeah, I'd love to see in. like Colin Lane yeah. in that role because he's such a good straight man, but he's still hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see. Um, Louis C.K. 
in that Louis. Role. Like, I don't know if he can sing, but I'm okay with it. I think it would be so funny. What about someone like Nathan Lane who has yeah. <laughs> some musical <laughs> theatre credits? Fine. Yeah. Maybe he's got Well, some. then you would have, obviously, Matthew Broderick as Patsy. 100%. Because the two of them just go everywhere They together. go everywhere That would be adorable. <laughs> I think that would be adorable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a few people, key people, that we just put in every show. Martin yeah. Short. But you know who else would be cute? Is a good Neil old... Patrick. Neil Patrick <gasps> Harris would make an amazing Lancelot or Sir Robin or Prince Herbert. Guys, just I think to... he's, he's probably a Robin in my mind. Just to he... put this in context, is it's actually quite visual for us. KB's wearing a Doogie Howser shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I can't and believe it took me forgot. so long to, <laughs> to mention him. Sorry, Neil. I tagged you on my Instagram post today too. Give us a like. <laughs> hey, Neil. I'd love to see Carrie Elwes in it simply because I yes. see him in those princely figures. <laughs> Anyone from yes. the Men in Tights cast just <laughs> transfer straight over. It's mm, a medieval parody. Go. Just put them all in it. Oh, can we have that lovely red curly wig from Men in sure, Tights yes. as well? Yeah. I love that wig. Throwback to a lady. Um, Christian Chenoweth. Oh my oh. yeah! Like instead of going for the the big Broadway yeah. DVD, yeah. you go for the the tiny, tiny, tiny yeah powerhouse. Powerhouse. I yeah. would enjoy that. And she has to wear flats. Like she cannot wear heels. And anyway, she's <laughs> be she has to be teeny thing. tiny. And yeah. And every time she walks on stage, they move the spotlight down. Yeah. <laughs> it like comes amazing. on and then moves down. That would be fun. Do we have any others? I think I'm good. You good. Let's move on. We're up to that time of the evening or day. I don't know when you're listening to this. Whatever time it is for you personally listening to this at home, where we go through our top five lists. Does anybody have any top five lists that you would like to put this musical on? Top five transfers from film to stage. Well done. I'll, I'll pay that one. Cross that one out of my list. All right. Oh, sorry, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> Top five comedic shows. Oh, that is a big That's call. That's a big call, but Huge I'm going to also pay it. I don't know. I just got gangster. I don't. We've gone delirious, people. Welcome to <laughs> delirious on the podcast. Um, Top five I mean, searches for the Holy Grail. Good Boom. one. <laughs> <laughs> It's ten to eleven, guys. Top five shows with only one female lead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Top five uses for coconut shells. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I'd brought them with me. There's so many Uh, in your car. I have sets of them in my car right now. Um, Top five uh, um, musicals featuring God in person. Okay, good one. Yep. And, um, Top five singing kings. Good. Top five... Um, Shows with a round table. With a round table. Oh, my gosh, I've just realised. <laughs> we don't have a round table in our production. What? Guys, you might want to get on that. Revelation Central. Does anybody have any more top five? (laughs) That they can fix the situation. We move to more revelations. No, there's got to be a lot of top fives. This can be top top five five. musical quests. Good one. That's nice. Yep. 
top five riffs, including a yodel. Woo, woo. Top five, sh- top five shows named after a food. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, top five shows that the Monty Python cast hate. <laughs> we don't know. They might Apart hate. Apart from Eric Idle and potentially John Cleese. They might hate other things more. That's hey, true. guys, send us your top five yeah. list. <laughs> Let us know if we're right or not. If the original Monty Python cast are listening, top, I'm sure they would be. Top, top five shows <laughs> that come with awesome recordings to be played within the show, like Sutton Foster in title of show. Eric Idle, Eric Idle and Spamalot. Um, what's her face in that other one? What's her face in that other yeah. one? Mel Brooks and producers. Mel Brooks and producers. Do you get that? It's optional, apparently. We went mm. through this. Oh yeah. Mm. yeah okay. Who's a jiggy in the other one? Yeah, top five. Yeah. Any any others? Dolly Parton in nine to five. That's there what I was we trying go. to say. There yeah. we go. Top five. Julie, think about Spamalot, not about Dolly Parton. Top five shows with horses in it that don't include any horses. Great. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the only one. <laughs> it's the top one out of one. Top one out of one. Top five musicals featuring a French accent. No, an outrageous French accent. Was that good? That was pretty that good, was pretty, actually. I was, I'm impressed with Thank you. your skill and talent, Miranda. Yeah. Well, we're really going to test my French next week. <laughs> I want to learn more things, though. Not just about you, Miranda, but okay. about what we, what we, the lessons that we learn from Spamalot. What life lessons has this musical taught us? Um, always look on the bright side of life. Good one. <laughs> always, every time. I'm, I'm not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> Just do the titles of all the songs. Yeah. It's taught me about how much I like to eat coconut in the process of making coconut shells for the show. Amazing. Yeah, and I want to thank you for that, Danica. For eating the coconut. Yeah, because otherwise it just goes to waste. I know? love it. It's a <laughs> very good source of fibre. Fun fact about coconut. When I was a kid, I thought it was defecated coconut. Desiccated coconut. Desiccated coconut. Oh, boy. Let's move on from that. I oh, have okay. learned that even if all your friends tell you that it's a terrible idea, you should just write that show anyway and send them some stuff every now and then to... And make them money. <laughs> Make them money. I learned that you can convince people to like something if you pay them enough. <laughs> um, I learned that the grail is inside you. Oh, good one. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I learned that his, Search for it. his name is Lance a lot. And he likes to dance, like a, a lot. lot. Um, <laughs> so we didn't yeah. really learn a lot of things from oh, the show other than titles of songs. I learned that Lavash yeah. is cow. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. Fitcher Lavash. No, it's Lavash. Oh, God. Fitcher Le Catapult. Le Catapult. Fitcher Lavash. Lavash. Mm. Because Le Catapult is Mescaline and la vache is feminine. That's correct. Very nice. I'm I learning a lot of you French. Have You're a lot learning of French. a lot of French. Wow. That's fantastic. Are there any other lessons that we learnt? I've learnt that sometimes it just sucks to be a girl in a musical. Sometimes it does. Because there ain't no roles. Oh, but there's that one. Yeah. 
And she does get to spend quite a bit of time in the dressing room just, like, doing her hair, doing just nails. Just chilling out, checking out Facebook. Having tea. Yeah, it's a bit boring. They're the best kind of roles. Yeah, true. Sometimes they are and sometimes they're frustrating. If you've got other people off stage with you, amazing. <laughs> Julie and I did a show once and we had quite a bit of downtime and uh, we made friendship bracelets. And I don't just mean, like, we made oh, one each for each other. We made <laughs> crap loads of friendship bracelets. Did you ever tell them? in everyone's lives. Yeah. yeah. What's weird about it, it was that is the the pack that we were making them from is a gift that Julie got for someone else in the cast that we just kept using. <laughs> That's fantastic. Anyway, and it was so a joke gift. I learned that you can do things with downtime, but that was you from can. a different show. Um, any, any others? Um, you can't succeed on Broadway if you don't have any juice slash stars. Stars. Hmm. And I think that wraps up Spamalot. So wait for it. Now, there is a reason we were talking about Spamalot today with the wonderful Dana Casal. Why is that, Dani? Well, it just so happens that along with the fabulous Miranda... Coincidence. Total coincidence. <laughs> uh, we happen to be... Almost ready to perform a production of Spamalot ourselves. What? Mm-hmm. It's opening night. Not yet. We've got a few weeks, thank goodness. Not when this comes out, Danny. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, we record it now, but when the people listen to it, it'll it's be opening, opening night. <laughs> uh, a throwback to my old days. Oh, I don't remember how it goes anymore. It's opening night. Don't have a fright. Come to our party, bring your friend Marty. There won't be a Smarty. It's open house. Oh, I've forgotten the whole song. You can... I don't know what's I happening. Don't know. Yeah, I would help you out, Did but I I'm just... not sure where we're going with what it. What happened? <laughs> anyway, do you have details of this wonderful show that opens tonight? It does. <gasps> it does. It, did. it says it here right on the flyer. On the flyer? What does the mm-hmm. flyer say? So it's uh, Prima which is Pine Rivers Musical Association. Mm-hmm. Prima is presenting Spamalot at the Redcliffe Cultural Centre from tonight, which is the 29th of September through to the 8th of October. And oh it's going to be an amazing show. We've got mm-hmm. some really awesome local brizzy talent in As the show. As mentioned previously. Um, Mr Chris Kellett is oh, our Chris Kellett. No well, there you go, another track and where you got... just jump from road to yeah, road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just got my money. <laughs> <laughs> the beautiful Heidi Enkelmeyer is playing yes. Lady of the Lake and you may have seen her at such places as the Ecker recently, the Brisbane Exhibition Show, yes. where she performed in the fashion area. Very Ooh. nice. Yes, that's yes. right. As well she as... also um, our Cinderella money. in the very first 24-hour musical. Mm-hmm. That's very right. She's brilliant. Oh, uh-huh. very good. She's great. I love her. I'm excited to see her and Chris work on each other. Yeah, they're pretty hilarious. Uh, we've got some other amazing local talent. We've got Philip Fitzjohn. Is that what he calls himself now? Yeah. Take my money. Take my money. That's what Take it's my money. <laughs> Nathaniel Curry. Take my money. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, who else have we got? Oh, Chris Cathcart. Take my money. Um, Ash Simpson. Oh, Ash Simpson. Here's my money. Who have I forgotten? <laughs> <gasps> Jack Kelly. Jack Kelly. Playing Do you take all the roles. Amazing. Same actor as Miranda, Co- Miranda Coulson. Yeah. So yeah. that's the um, – he does the historian at the beginning, the Not Dead Fred, mm-hmm. Prince Herbert, one of the minstrels. The minstrels. And Amazing. he's just – Divine. Mm. Good pick. Hilarious. Hilarious. Come and see the show just for him because he's hilarious. And so we will put the details in this 
episode of how to book tickets and where you can get them from and how much they are and all of that. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to say? Well, we didn't travel? finish naming all of the cool cast oh, people because there's sorry. Luke O'Hagan as well. Yes. And, and a brilliant ensemble. Oh, very nice. Fabulous ensemble. Lovely gentle knights. And some lovely and ladies. Some sexy like a girls. Mm-hmm. Wow. We are excited. It's going to be a fantastic show. The Red Cliff Cultural Centre is a really awesome venue. Great. And uh, this is my debut performance as a musical director. <gasps> How exciting. So I'm super excited to be leading the band and the singing sounding pretty dang good. And yeah. the direction by Miranda, yeah. <laughs> borderline amazing. So uh, our good friend Ray, or Rayleigh Roke, she's yes. the choreographer and she's also fantastic. Oh, she's done some good work. Yeah. And like some humorous. Yeah. She's amazing. using the choreography to work with the humour. Mm-hmm. That is what you want. Some super Great. cute tap routines. It's fantastic. Yeah. The whole show is going to be amazing. Yeah. So please come and see. Okay. All right. I will. So you can book um, at the Cultural Centre or at prima.org.au. I'm booking now. Do it. it. Julie's already booking her tickets. If you guys want to get onto it, just click on the links that we've posted below. Before it's too late. Before it's too late. Wow. Now... I'm going to plug us because obviously you are listening to Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know, so you found your way here. But just in case, if you want to see any more from us past episodes, who we are, what other podcasts are available from That's Not Canon, you can go to www.thatsnotcanonproductions.com forward slash M-T-M-E-I-K, which is Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know, but just the first letters. Or if you're on Facebook, go to facebook.com forward slash musicals taught me everything I know. Twitter, musicals teach me. You can email us, which is exciting. Please we might do. even reply to your email on the podcast. I'd love to do that. So that is musicals taught me podcast at gmail.com. And if you're feeling super generous, not even super generous, and just, you just want to donate just like vaguely $1 a month. Just $1 a month. You can get two bonus episodes that are hilarious. You will be so thankful that you've just put in $1 a month. That's like 50 cents a week. Not I, even. 25 cents a week. Say, how many weeks are we um, now? Two. There's show. only two. So Inflation. you can go to patreon.com forward slash musicals taught me everything I know. And lastly, I know there's so much. You can connect with us in so many different ways. But, Dani, I'm going to need your help with this one. Okay. If you can open your iPhone. I have. Go to your podcast app. Correct. Search for Musicals Teach Me. Taught Me. In fact, if you just type in Musicals, we're the first one to pop up. You were. Yep. Just click that. Mm -hmm. Go Go to our page. (gasps) I'm here. You can press subscribe, which will tell you when new episodes are up and exciting things, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Then you can rate us. (gasps) One, two, three, four, or five stars. And you can review us. In fact, I'm going to ask you to review us right now on the spot. Oh, do I have so to tell you what I write? No, no we'll not. be able to see it. Though, so, you know, don't be too mean. No, we will be able to read it at a, at a, after you've It's posted. not like a secret review no. that only you can see. Guys, make sure you are commenting on our Facebook stuff, tweeting us, emailing us, reviewing us so that we know what you want to hear, if we're doing okay, if you want to hear different things, if you want to hear more things, if you want to talk about a particular musical, let us know. And next week, 
we're going to be talking about Les Miserables. Oh, La Miserable. Yeah, at the end. Too. I'm lucky. I'm so lucky that I just practiced my French in this right? episode. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if La Vache is going to come up in the conversation it next week. Definitely. It yeah. might. It might. So stay La tuned. Vache. Thank you guys for listening to yet another episode of Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know. I have been your host, Kristen Barros, and I have been joined by Miranda Selwood and Julie Eisentrager and our wonderful special guest, Danica Saul. We will see you next week. Bye. 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 What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 